Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And this is Sheila. And yes, based on how she introduced herself, we are back to talk more Better Call Saul. Uh, I was planning on not doing this again until, like, the show was over, and we would just do, like, one more about the whole show. Uh, but then they finally did the time jump. Yeah, we did the two. We did the two episodes back from the mid-season finale. Well, and it's interesting, I was reading an interview with uh, Peter Gould, and he said that the mid-season finale thing was supposed to, was just, like, pushed, well, not so much pushed on them, but, like... You know, uh, it was the idea of the network, obviously, right? Uh, of doing a mid-season finale and doing it in two halves with a, a month of separate or six weeks of separation. And so they're like, oh, so we had no idea that Lalo shooting Howard, people were going to have to wait six weeks to find out what happened. That is not how we were thinking it. And <laughs> the funny part is, and I really get why they weren't thinking that, because when you watch the second episode of the two we just watched, right? you really get the sense that in their heads, had they been thinking at all about a mid-season finale, that would have been the mid-season finale. <laughs> you know, like this gap. I, I feel like they would have, had it, had they had their I'd rathers, that mid-season finale would have been when we fast-forwarded and Jimmy McGill is dead, long live Saul Goodman. Okay, I, now I see what you're saying, okay? Yeah. But here's the thing, that as a mid-season season finale. finale, it's not a cliffhanger. No, it's not a cliffhanger. It, it, it's not as, as, as a... Mm. Dramatic punch-in-the-gut kind of moment. Yes, it's not as dramatic a punch-in-the-gut, how the hell is this going to be resolved moment. Yeah, as, as the Howard's death was. You're absolutely right. Yeah, as as um, now Howard de- Howard's death is just. I mean, I think as oh. hard as it was, Oof. you know. Uh, I tell you, I watched those episodes yesterday morning, and oh, I was after the first one. I just took a break. You're floored by that ending. That that the first episode, like just like I, I was in awe. Of what I they pulled off in that episode. Oh, what they pulled off. I was in awe. Reed yep. Diamond was in that one? Uh, no, that's the second one. Reed the Diamond second one. Yeah. The second I, one is incredible. And we'll talk about the second one in a minute. Yeah, uh, I mean, but both of them, like this this whole thing, but just watching this first episode and, the, and getting it all. We never, ever saw, for example... Um, those of us who watch the um, James Spader show. Oh, um, uh, yes, uh, the Blacklist. Even though we knew he had a cleaner and we saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah. I mean, to watch. Seeing the details. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to the second episode in a second, right? Yeah. First, first we'll pick up uh, Lalo has just killed Howard. Yep. Lalo has just killed Howard. and. Oh my God. And now we find out what he wants. He wants Jimmy to go to Gus's house and shoot Gus. Now he doesn't think that this is going to work, right? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, but you don't know that. No, you don't know right away. You don't know right away, obviously. No, like, like, you know, partly you don't know right away because you have forgotten the end, uh, like the six weeks. Yeah. Does a lot for setting up tension. Oh, absolutely. In this episode, because it It, wasn't until 30 seconds before, before, like, or at around 15 to 20 seconds. That you realize that, oh, right, he doesn't live in that house anymore. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, that's all right. Mike has already organized that this place is going to be covered. This can't possibly work. Yeah, this can't possibly work. But I had forgotten that. Yeah. And I'm going, what's she going to do when she meets Gus? Because I figured out who the, the, yeah. the guy with glasses is. I know, who looks like a cat that's also a librarian. Yeah. Which is such a great description of Gus. <laughs> right. A cat that's also a librarian. Like, yep, no, that's, that's actually oh, yeah. a pretty good description of the man. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it was... Partly only because I had sort of forgotten. Yeah, 
those details. You know, it just slipped my mind until the last minute, and I'm going. Oh wait. Yeah. Yeah. Mike has everybody. Yeah, he thought of everything. Well, he thought of almost everything. And Gus, yes, almost everything except Gus being Gus. Yeah, and but the the genius though. Oh my God. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But just the genius of his plan being. I need, like, I know that it's under the lab, and I need to do something to get them out of the lab. And the only thing you think of is have someone turn up and say, Lalo right now is at Jimmy's apartment, and that's going to make everybody rush over. Like, it was a brilliant plan. Yeah. It just didn't quite work. Uh, which I kind of loved. Uh, and, but God, the, the scene of Jimmy, like, trying to save Kim's life by having her go instead of him because maybe she'll get killed trying to kill Gus, right? He doesn't know about Gus. He doesn't know who Gus is. But he knows, like, this is a bad situation. Maybe she'll get killed. But she's definitely going to get killed if she stays in the apartment. So he wants to sacrifice himself for her. For, like, at least the chance of her getting out alive. And you're like, oh my god, like, Jimmy really does love her really is has the capability of being completely self-sacrificing in that moment Uh, oh and it was it was a stunner the way he managed to talk lalo into sending kim yeah and he was right yep i mean as we know from having done wire in the blood the mermaid sings yeah yeah people are more likely open to open the door to a stranger if it's a woman that's just a fact yeah oh And then, and so Lalo, so he changes his mind. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just go. <laughs> he gets Which, bored with the conversation. Yeah. And what happens, right? That is, I mean, the line for me that stood out in this whole episode was when Gus went, he got Lalo to change his mind. And that when he knew it was a scam. And that's the moment. No, no, was- no, no. That's not. That's when he knew Jimmy was somebody he wanted. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> no, because no, it's also. But no, no, no. I mean, he. It's. I think it's also factors in that he knew that Lalo was up to something. Mm-hmm. But yes, he. But you're right. It it does make it more complicated so. with Jimmy because I don't think that Lalo could get talked out of anything. Yeah. Is what is what Gus yeah. is the. And that's why I interpreted it as being, oh, so Lalo didn't need Jimmy to do it. Lalo's plan, uh, Lalo's plan was not to kill me. Lalo's plan was to get me out of here. Uh, sorry, to get the people over to the place. And that's what makes him want to go and check out the building for himself. Because he thinks Lalo's going to try to infiltrate it. And he's right. Uh, yeah. But because he wants his showdown with Lalo. And that's part of it. He does just want his showdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wants a showdown with Lalo. Yeah. And um, but this this episode, yeah, as he talks, and it is these guys, the storyline is brilliant. Yep. The, the the acting is impeccable. In, yeah, impeccable. Yeah. I mean, this is the one place where I can say that facial mm-hmm. movement is as intricate as it is in the korean things i watch yeah absolutely where just watch reading people's expressions and we'll talk about that in the second episode yeah that whole bar scene is all about it's the it's a whole scene entirely about gus's facial expressions okay yes but we'll we'll get we'll get there that takes its own because that is the saddest moment in these two episodes. To maybe, me. Like maybe in the like maybe for the entire oh. entire history of the character, this is the most sad moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because all right, well we'll get there. Okay, we'll, we'll get, get there. It. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So um, <laughs> you can tell it really affected us. Yeah. So consequently, uh, we got to uh, be great, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so here's my question, right? And this yeah. is this is my question to you. And I mean, I've sir heard some debate on this online, but it's like. Why doesn't uh, Lalo kill Jimmy is the real question a bunch of people have. Like, because once once Kim is gone, once the plan is in motion, he doesn't need Jimmy alive anymore. You know, like the minute, and Jimmy, I think, understands that there's a good chance that the minute she walks out of the door, he's dead. 
Like, he, he believes that is a possibility. Yeah. Because he has no reason to suspect Lala would keep his word, right? But I honestly believe, when I was watching it, that it's like, because there was all this betrayal, because Jimmy is such a snake, because he's uh, involved in all of this stuff, I really feel like Lalo is not 100% certain that there's not information that Jimmy has that he won't need later. That was my theory watching that scene. And I don't know if I'm right, but it's like that is my only explanation for why Lalo doesn't kill Jimmy the moment that Kim has left. And I don't know what your take on it is, but that was that was my thought. That like also that that okay. Yeah. Um that makes sense, but remember that Lalo sees Jimmy as useful as well. Yeah. I don't like I was always questioning whether Lala would actually kill both of them if Kim got away with it. Yeah, if and that's I, a good question. If that that they would have been so cowed, like Jimmy has already showed himself um, a guy who is 100%, has no ethics, has no morals, will do whatever he needs to do to survive. Yes, do whatever he needs to do to survive. And he is also an excellent mob lawyer. That's true. And he is also an excellent money manager. I mean, you're right. Like it is, it is possible he leaves him alive just because he might be useful in the future. And also, he has also, all of the leverage against Jim. Also, he is not involved with Gus Fring at any level. Nope. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing. We've had these parallel stories. This is where they're meeting. Yeah. Right. But he has never had any involvement. Yeah. With, with Gus Fring. Gus Fring. And so that leaves him open to being used further by the Salamancas. And he could, even if Kim got caught or Kim got killed, yeah. Jimmy yeah. would still, as far as Lalo is concerned, I think Lalo is capable of seeing that in someone. And he. That is and an I'm interesting not sure. take. And I, okay, think you, I think you're likely right. Given where we end up after the, at the end of these two seasons, at the end of these, these two, two episodes. episodes. Yeah. That is... Um, That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, because I thought if if Kim gets away with it... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're useful mm -hmm. one way or another. If Kim gets killed, well, Jimmy will just have to suck it up, yeah. which he will. He sucks up everything. That's true. And Lalo's, Lalo's reasonably well aware of that, right? Yeah. He absolutely is. And that's that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about. So I think yeah. I think you could be right that that's what's going on with it. With Lol in Lolo's head that yeah. Lolo has got himself someone he can use. Yeah, that Jimmy will never stop being a useful pawn for him. Yeah, until he does something really stupid. Yeah, until he does, and then <laughs> and then he can just be gotten rid of with no trouble at all because yeah. there no one's going to look too hard into the death of a sleazy lawyer. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're probably right. Well, I hadn't thought thought it through, but yeah, when I'm thinking it through, when you ask me the question, I'm going. Yeah. No, that uh, makes sense. That absolutely yeah. makes sense. Oh, you can put that on the message boards. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's interesting is, and uh, so Lalo goes to the uh, goes there, and uh, ambushes the guys who are there, and then of course. Gus goes to check it out on his own because he wants his confrontation. He wants to be the one who kills Lalo Salamanca uh, because he will oh. never stop getting revenge for the love of his life. Yep. Uh, he will never be willing to stop getting revenge for that. And that's a big problem. And, <laughs> and nobody and nobody feels sorry for Lalo Salamanca. Of course. God, no. Um, I was wrong about only one thing. I thought that Lala was going to be uh, bleeding badly, but not dead yet, and Gus was going to seal him up. But no, he dies quickly. But we were—I was completely right about every other part of Lala, like what's going to happen to Lala. Mm. Uh, but con continuing my theory that every character in the show, <laughs> Breaking Bad, dies because of their male ego, 
That's exactly what happens to Lajo Salamanca. And the thing is, is, I mean, here's what you get from Giancarlo Esposito is a performance of a lifetime. This is going to go down as... How he doesn't get an Emmy for this, I have no idea. I have no idea. His, His entire... Yeah. Right? That performance and even when the camera goes to the gun periodically yep right that's that's in there to show you what he's thinking how the hell is he going to get the gun and the fact that he needs to buy time and what he says i want to tell don eladio what i think of him yep and he starts and of course lalo's enjoying this no end it's lalo's ego he thinks he's got gus over the barrel yep and there, and Gus is buying into Lalo's conceit. Yep, that he has lost. That he Gus has lost, and so he's going to say everything that he's ever wanted to say about Don Eladio, and mm-hmm. that's and it. the whole Salamanca family and everything. Yep, everything right, and um, you know, and you're wondering about this, but and but they tell us in the filming by constantly. Cutting Just away. Cutting away to that gun that's kind of on the under the gears, right? Yeah. Oh, it's it's under the track. It's under the yeah. track of the uh of the the excavator. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm wondering how the hell is he going to get it? And when he where he picks out the lights. Oh, it's so beautiful. The electrical system, I'm just like of oh, course. So brilliant. Because this is Gus's plan this yep. is all gus's underground mm-hmm. facility yeah he knows every inch of it because yeah. of course he does like that's who he is he's pasted, he's anxiously paced around here who knows how many times like getting the feel of the place you know and it's like and imagining the future where he is not at the whims of the cartels anymore where he is running things and this is the heart of his operation yeah uh Gus, he's such an amazing character. I mean, and like you a, said, that speech he gives. Wow. Just that performance. It's incredible. Yeah, given that he, you know, is very um, uh, reserved most of the time. And he says exactly what he really thinks and exactly what he really believes mm-hmm. in his head. That it will never ever see the light of day. Of course, he and, knows. And so the he thing can is, everything he wants. And here's the thing: like Lalo, the second he finds out about the, well, the second he finds the, the 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 excavation for the super lab, he's won. He could just shoot Gus dead that second, and he has won everything. He gets everything he wants, like. Fring is gone, and the uh, cartel can't blame him for it because Fring's deceit has been uh, revealed. But he has to gloat. He needs to gloat. He needs to. He needs to watch Gus beg. He needs to watch Gus fail. And because he needs to do that, he gets killed. It's so fascinating, you know. And again, it's it's people's ego getting them killed. Whether it's Gus, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's Gus, whether it is Lalo, whether it is Howard, you know, it's people's ego getting them killed. It's what do you call it? Hell, I mean, it happens to Mike because Mike won't give up his guys because he's the tough kind of person. He thinks of himself as I've got this one thing that I like. I have compromised at every part of my life. I have compromised in everything. I was supposed to believe starting out, but it's like, but I'm a man who won't give up his guys. Yeah. And then he could have gotten away, but then he has to tell it's, but then like, not only that, but he has to tell Walter what he thinks of it. He has to tell Walter the truth about himself. Yeah. And that's the one thing Walter can't bear hearing. And that's why Walter murders Mike. Because shooting Mike isn't going to find out, like, killing Mike isn't going to get the names of the guys he has to execute. He does it because, you know, again, he needs to protect his ego. He needs to say that isn't true, and so he shoots the man who tells him the truth. It's 
it's literally a shoot the messenger moment yeah. and that's the death of Mike. Yeah, and you can just see this build up. Yeah. Right? This slow build up of all of these people's personalities as we go along. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is it is a fascinating way to do a backstory. Oh, so it doesn't well even done. feel like a backstory and you don't even care. Yeah. Right? And watching American Greed was a riot. It was. You know? Be, before we get started because because we all know how, how so many of these people end up yep it's so fascinating hard. yeah yeah well so what i liked right when we were talking about uh and then we get the end of the episode and we understand what was happening and that they have faked howard's suicide and you're like oh god oh yeah, well, I knew that. right at the I, start I, I, I knew that right at the start when you saw the the, the shoes. Yeah, oh. you're like, oh, no. they faked a suicide. No, but seeing that moment where yeah. again we get back to Mike's self image yeah. of himself and his rule that there are people that even, and I mean it's it, it gets thrown in. Uh, I mean Mike's self image gets completely ripped apart in episode two, but that moment of Mike's self delusion and self image of there are people who are in the game and there are people who are not in the game, right? And that means something. And so when he has to believe that on some level, so when they are putting, when they are putting both Howard and Lalo in the same hole, yeah, he has to say, you know, don't just drop him in there. Be gentle about it. Because in in Mike's head, it has to mean something that Howard was an innocent bystander. Yeah, that's all he was, collateral damage. Yeah, he was collateral damage. He was an innocent bystander. He didn't deserve this. And that has to mean something. And all he can come up with to do in that moment is say, because he knows that he's going to, like, ruin Howard's reputation. He knows he's going to fake this suicide. Right? He knows that that's all going to happen. But at the same time, in his, to, to justify his worldview, to think of himself as, you know, a man with a code. This is how he thinks of himself. He has to say, no, these two dead bodies have to be treated differently. Yeah. You know, it's it's tragic. Like, it is truly tragic. Like, even the self-delusion that even Mike is guilty of. You know? Yeah. Even Mike, the man who tries not to have an ego. Tries not to have any illusions. Yeah, tries not to have a, tries not to have a, a ego. To tries to live just for his family, just to provide for his family. Even yeah. he has like when he's faced up with it. So that's the end of the first episode, and then, oh, it, and that's the thing. They do a whole episode about Lalo's plan and Lalo's death, and just how like the most fast-paced and brutal fifty minutes of television you'll ever see. Yes, and yes. The second episode is a better episode. Oh yeah, no, the the performances in this first episode um, are just oh, yeah. perfect. It is it is a stunner of an episode, and I think the reason the second episode is better is because it moves things forward. But yeah. that's that is this is a question of settling the old yeah. score, mm -hmm. the big the big settle. Yeah. that Gus has to do. Yep. You know, um, and ep the second episode is just, whoa. Yeah. Then it's the aftermath of... Of all of the decisions death. that were made. Yeah, all of the decisions were made and all of the horrible stuff that happened. And that moment where... So... There is a degree to which Kim has been a cipher through the whole show, right? Because she is this woman who's this incredibly talented lawyer, right? And, yeah. like, we know she loves Jimmy, you know? We know that because of this stuff with her mother, right? She's got this, she's got this backstory of tragedy and alcoholism in the family. And we've always seen that Jimmy empowers her to be her worst self you know <laughs> to cut corners and the idea that like the the reveal that we found this year uh, well i mean the end of last year when her she mother. suggested not, not just the mother stuff but when she suggested last year trying to destroy howard 
and Jimmy just thought it was a joke. And you realize, oh my god, it's that it's not just that she thought that Jimmy was bad for her, it's that she was bad for him. It's folie deux. It's like when they're together, it is a critical mass of the worst versions of each of them. Yeah, and that's what we found out at the end of last season. Yeah, and and this episode, to its credit, in the same way that in the final episode of Breaking Bad, Walter gets to just come out and say, no, I wasn't doing any of this for my family. No, it was all my ego. No, it was all because I liked it. You know, in the same way, this episode ends with that same speech from Kim. And it's so powerful here. It's yeah, so I mean, incredibly powerful here. But anyway, uh, so the episode begins. The episode <laughs> begins. Mike with, tells them. Yeah, tells them, you know, get out of the house, tells them what to tell. You know, uh, here's everything you got to tell. Here's everything you got to do. Get out of the house. And when you get home, everything's going to be exactly the way it was. Oh. Yes. And you do not. You go and do your appointments. You go and do everything that you would normally do. Yeah. You just forget any of this ever happened today. And this is what you do. And they finally find because this is what we're going to do with Howard. Yeah. And when they finally find Howard. Well, no, they're never um, going to find Howard. But no, they're, gonna they're assume never going to find Howard, but. They'll never close the case because they're never going to find a body, but everyone will assume he killed himself. Yeah, and this is what, this is what you are going to say. And the, the kicker is, as he tells Gus Frank, yeah, they were even better than, than, than I thought they would be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jeez, they did it even better than I thought. Yeah, and then you have, oh my God. You know, you watch them go off, um, you know, that and that first day when they come back home and like you watch the cleanup, you watch Mike with his blue light to make sure that there isn't any no trace, trace of blood, blood anywhere. left anywhere, yeah. right? Um, and you even have the guy bringing in their new fridge and carefully, you know, consulting with the photograph and putting everything back in the fridge the way it was. Exactly the way it was. Like it was just they did everything they could to allow these people to live in a world in which this never happened. Yeah. And the, and the cut, like the cuts between uh, Jimmy and Kim and and they're the next day of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. The day after the whole world fell apart. And that, that horrifying speech from Jimmy where he's like, one day we're going to wake up. And we're going to realize we didn't think about Howard at all. Yeah. And that's when we'll know, you know, we can get on with our lives. And you're like, oh, that's not, that's not going to happen, Jimmy. <laughs> well, for Jimmy, it does. Uh, well, like, yeah, I think we're going to find out. Yeah, may- maybe for Jimmy it does, but we'll, we'll see what happens him. with Gene. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Gene before we confirm 100% that for Jimmy it does. We know that Jimmy tries to outrun what he did to Howard, but who the hell knows what's going on in Sal Goodman's head, right? And that's what this next four good episodes, I feel like, are going to be about. We never, for the most part, for uh, all four seasons of Breaking Bad he was in, you never got a great idea of what was going on inside Saul Goodman's head. And now we know. Saul Goodman was Saul Goodman, and Saul Goodman never broke. Exactly. But ever. think about it. We only ever see him five minutes at a time. And now we're going to see behind the scenes. But God, that scene of Howard's wake. Oh, that was. And I mean, oh, jeez. Oh. And how Kim lies through her teeth. Well, and you, when you find and out. continues. But not, not just lies through her teeth. But when you see, when the wife is there, is, uh, having no idea how this could possibly be true, any of that. And you realize, oh, Ed Begley Jr. didn't tell her what he saw. Yeah. He didn't tell her about the coke in the in the locker room. He didn't tell about seeing the car and the the prostitute, right? Yeah. He, he was he's like, I'm just I'm not gonna tell her about any of this. And then so Kim has to jump in with this thing and then does the brilliant move of being like, you know what, maybe I'm wrong. I could have I could have misunderstood what I saw. Oh and then, and then it's up to Ed Begley Jr. to go and be 
the the monster who comes in and tells her the quote-unquote truth about her husband that all gets pushed onto him oh my that was yeah. so horrible oh it was just horrible the two of them you can have very little sympathy for yeah. kim and jimmy yeah and now and just hhm can't. is gone and hhm is gone yeah completely yeah. they got rid of the building you know they're selling they're you get selling the building and like what lawyers are left or merging with another firm and you know like it's just it's over Oh, all of it. Jimmy can now become Saul Goodman. Yeah, there's nothing. Well, yeah, because the 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 shadow of his brother no longer exists in Albuquerque law. So he can he can recreate himself, which is exactly what he does. And then before we get to the Jimmy and Kim scene, let's talk about the most important Gus scene. The the Um, the most okay. It is paired with the flashback. To the death of his the love of his life with yeah. the most important gut scene in the history of the show because they are the only two scenes in the entire history of the show where Gus wasn't performing. Yeah. That's the only two times we've ever seen what who Gus is as a person. Once yeah. when his lover is killed, and he like he once when his lover is killed in front of him, <gasps> and once when we see him just have an unguarded moment. Just be comfortable. Just be allowed to enjoy hearing a story from a man he's attracted to. Yeah. And who's attracted to and him? Who's attracted to him? And it's like, I think we, I mean, I think No, no, that is, that is 100% the text of the scene. Is that this is, yeah. The, yeah that this is, no, no. That this I'm is going the customer Reed that Reed Diamond likes. Yeah. Reed Diamond's giving the performance of his life. He's incredible. Unbelievable! He's so good in this scene, and it's such a small scene. I when I saw his name come up, where's like, Reed Diamond going to be? Right? Reed Diamond's in it. This is not what I expected. Of course not. You didn't think he was going to be David the the wine waiter. No. Who could have possibly expected that would have been Reed Diamond's role? But it's and such God, a good performance. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's such an incredible performance. And how meaningful this interaction is to Gus. Oh, it it is just unreal. He's finally found someone again. Yeah. Who he can connect with. That he can connect with, that he likes, that likes him. Yeah. They have this shared interest. They're obviously compatible people. And it's like, I could, and he imagines a world in which this could be his life and he could have this. And then, I know. And he lets himself think it for just, what, a second? For five seconds? And this is what I was talking about, how his face is the best, most important part of the show. Because you see him realize that he can't have this. Yeah. You watch him realize that he can never have this, and then he just leaves. Yeah, it was was so sad. It was so sad he could never have this because... If he even tries, he will risk everything. Like, I mean, David's life, his life, everything. Like, he can't have yeah. real connections. Yeah. He can't live a real life and do the thing he has to do to stay alive. Yeah, because he put himself on that path. Yep, long ago. He, long, st- he, long he started ago. down this path, and now he's committed to it. And And then he goes home, and he sees Mike, and he says, finish the lab. And that yeah. is it. That's full commitment. Yeah. Like, and now he is, he has put himself on the path that is going to lead to his death. The moment he says, go and finish the lab. Yeah. I mean, even the scene, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but the scene where he goes to see Don Eladio to explain the situation. And oh. defend himself. That, that's an amazing scene. And how, oh. it, and like the irony that, <laughs> the irony inherent in the fact that uh, he's faked his death so well that no one believes Hector. Yeah. Yeah, that Lalo faked his death too well. Yep. And so, and he didn't call his cousins. He just called Hector. That's it. Only Hector. Nobody's known the teeth match. Yep, the teeth match. Everything everything. matches. Like the body is obviously his. Is Uh, obviously Lalo's. So nobody believes Hector. Yep. 
you know, and it was, I mean, and you had those amusing lines, like, you know, because he lets Hector sleep over and he says, well, Gus, I'd let you sleep over, but really you don't want, you don't want to have to listen to the ding, 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 such a mean, such a cruel thing, such a casually cruel thing for him to say, but he's a drug cartel kingpin. What do you want him to be like? What do you want him to be? And we already know what Gus thinks. And that line where, where he said, you know, something about seeing the hate in his eye. And yep. he says afterwards, yeah, I see the hate in your eye. Yeah. He said, right. I don't right. have a problem with that. Yeah. As Just long me. as you do your job. As long as you do your job. Yeah, Just like, yeah I know you hate me. You're always going to hate me, but you know, you're a good earner. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Because I can kill you whenever I want. Yeah. Oh, Donald is such an interesting character, too, because he's been in well, charge for so long. He thinks he's isolated from all this stuff. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, every time we've seen him here, it just makes his death that much more satisfying. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, this makes what happens in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Sometimes. It, 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 it's it's like, so much more depth. Like, it's almost as if it's worth going to see Breaking Bad again after well, I've I, we might this. do that. We might do yeah. that and say, how does it play? How does Breaking Because I haven't rewatched all of Breaking Bad recently. <laughs> like, how does Breaking Bad play? Because I really yeah. feel like, and I mean, this is going to sound crazy in a, in a way, but I, I kind of feel like now that we've seen the entirety of Better Call Saul, it doesn't feel like a prequel. It feels like this is the first chapter of the story and Breaking Bad is the second chapter of the story. Yeah, because these people are building up to who they be. We saw in Breaking Bad who these people were. Oh, yeah. And that means who they became. And now we're seeing how they became who they became. Yeah. And I know that it's weird for me to say this, but, you know, I've already committed to uh, Albert Sirico did nothing wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to say, if you want me to choose... <laughs> If you want me to choose between Walter White and uh, and Gus Fring, I pick Gus Fring. Yeah, I pick Gus Fring too. He's I a mean, better person. Yeah, but I mean, this is you know the sliding scale. It's very much a sliding scale. We're we're way on the other side of the scale. Of but... Well, and I was actually thinking about this, and we're going to talk about Gus it after we watch. Yeah, after Gus we gets to a higher level of hell. Yeah, he does. But Walter, after we, Walter goes further down. He really does. Uh, as we rewatch Breaking Bad, I feel like there's going to be a moment where the show could have had a happy ending, and I want to find where that moment was. Because it's like, if Walter had died earlier than he did, I feel like the show could have had a happy ending. And I just don't know exactly where that needed to happen, but that is, when I rewatch it, that is what I will be thinking of. Well, like, I will tell you Where is that... the happy ending? I would go, I don't think there is a happy ending. Okay, maybe not. I don't, I don't think you're going to find a place to rewrite this to let somebody die. Um, I mean, there are different decisions that could have been made yeah. by these different people, but we are all seeing here just how they get structured these people and yeah, how the, these these up. these lives they build for themselves ensure that it's only going to come to misery that it's only going to come to misery we saw because breaking bad is just fo focused on walter yeah well and jesse who is walter's well, and well but i mean jesse is just walter's endless victim yes well and as uh, oh and i i did watch the um the the uh um that the after that that 701 that you should have watched first rather yeah. than before you watch this because it had with howard yeah um but you know you watch that and as they say well yeah jesse jesse was just like a victim and yeah he could have a happy ending in alaska in alaska <laughs> but uh. um but varga was because it was focused on michael Mancho. Poor Nacho, Poor Nacho, right? And, well, that's, and that's, the, that's the two scenes oh. we're about to discuss. Yes. So, and yeah, let's, let's, oh, let's, it, let's it, get I, into that, shall we? <laughs> this is, oh, I tell you, 
I love good stories. God, I love good stories. All I can oh. think is this is like some of the best novels I've ever read. It is. All right. So now the two, in a way, uh, there are three, I think, pivotal character scenes in this episode. The first one, of course, is Gus and David. Like that is the first yeah. of the three pivotal scenes in this episode. The first is Gus and David. The second is this scene that we're about to talk about, which is Mike and Nacho's father. Where he tries to go and get absolution. Yep. He tries to, because he and and the brutality, because he's not just getting absolution for the death of Nacho. He wants absolution for what he did after his son, getting his son killed. Right? It's only in this scene, right, that we realize that this whole time, well, not the whole time, but in the past year, Gus, Mike has started to think of Lalo as his surrogate son, as this decent kid who just got you pulled mean, into this no, bad Nacho. life. Nacho, yes, Nacho, Nacho. Nacho. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know, I'm just, I'm, Jeez, I know, I know, I know, that he's been thinking, and it's like, I didn't even pick that up until this scene. But yeah. I'm watching the scene and I'm like, oh my God, he's been thinking of Nacho as his son, as this kid who just got stuck in this bad situation and just wanted out of it. And now he's the one who got his son killed because yeah. he's the one who delivers his son to that horrible sit down where his son gets killed. And I mean, I'm I'm calling Nacho his son because emotionally, yeah. emotionally, he is Mike's son in that moment. And so he goes and he's like, if I can get, if I can say I got revenge for, cause he got revenge for, for Maddie. And he's like, and he wants that to be meaningful that he got revenge for Maddie. And so he's like, so he says to, to Nacho's father, I got revenge for him. Don't worry. And his, and Nacho's father doesn't let him get away with it. No. He says, no. what does that matter? It's no. just killing and killing and killing. And it's a cycle that never ends. The only way to get to win this game is to not be a part of it. There's no getting even. There's no getting your thing. My son is dead and that's it. Yeah. And you never you never know because the final, the coup de grace is is said in Spanish and you just don't know how good Mike's Spanish is. I know, right? You never know whether Mike understood it or not. Understood that what the man said is you're all the same. Yep. And it doesn't matter. And that's and that's why it's so that scene is so important and so beautiful because Mike has always believed that his code separated him from these other people. And he's finding out, and he does find out through this and Breaking Bad that yeah, I guess I am no different, and people don't see me. He loses his family. Yep. In Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. he can never see them again. You know, like they, they don't even want his money. His yeah. daughter-in-law. Yeah, she's, sh- uh, sh- you know, shattered by her revelations of what he's been up to this whole time. Oh, poor Kaylee. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but anyway, but it's, here, so, yeah, this is but this is the moment where he has to stop thinking he's the good guy. Yeah. Like he keeps the code. He does keep the code. He does keep living by it, but he doesn't have the lie he told to himself all this time. He is no longer comforted by the story that he's a good guy. Which is why he, and that was his last attempt, right? Absolutely. His last, his, his last attempt really to get some kind of justification, some kind of absolution. For the life he's living. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Nacho's father denies that to him. And so the Mike we get to know in Breaking Bad is a man who doesn't have any illusions about who he is anymore. Except for the code, and well, <laughs> we all see where the code gets him, because I talked before about how Mike has tried to, you know, rid himself of all the ego, and that's why he lasts as long as he did. But it's his clinging to that last bit of ego, to this code that gets him killed by Walter. You know? Yep. It's fascinating. Like, it, it really is. is. Yeah. It is just an incredibly fascinating story. Oh, my God. I, I, the whole thing is just... Fascinating. So then we get to the big scene with Kim. Kim. Yep. The quote unquote last Kim and Jimmy scene, although I don't know that it will be. We don't know what's going to happen to Gene. 
Uh, but yeah, where she just says it, where she just says the the subtext. She says what's been going on this whole time. That, you know, they are bad for each other because they give each other permission to be their worst selves. Well, and, no. so she, and she quits being a lawyer. All of the work we watched her do. She gives it up. And Jimmy doesn't under now this is the interesting thing. Jimmy doesn't understand. Nope. Jimmy thinks that she can go get this back, that she'll be fine in a couple of years. And Kim knows she's not going to be. No. Like she cannot get over Howard's death, that this little thing. And that this little prank that they were pulling on Howard yeah. ended up in his death. Mm-hmm. Like she can't get over that. And she but the problem is, as she makes it so strong, I enjoyed every minute of doing it. Yep. That's the problem. Well, the real problem is she caused Howard's death. Because, yep. because Mike showed up and said Lala was still alive. And yep. as she said, if you had known that, we would have hidden out of town until Lala was dead. And we would have called off the thing. And I was enjoying the thing we were doing to Howard so much that I didn't tell you about Lala. Yeah. And at that moment, you're the way she says it, you're like, oh my God, Howard's death is her fault. Yeah, it is. It is 100% her fault. Because Jimmy would have called off the game. In a second, Jimmy would have called off the game. Yeah. He was ready to call off the game when the guy got a broken arm. Yeah. And, uh, but, and as we said last season, when we were talking about the first half season, that's when you realize that she's worse than Jimmy is. Yeah, because she she's because if Jimmy. if to choose if she was asked to choose between getting everything she said she wanted, you know, this organization to help indigent people have legal representation or screwing over Howard, she threw away her future to screw over Howard. Yeah. That moment she turned the car around is what got Howard killed. Yep. But she doesn't think of it that way. She thinks that the moment she didn't tell Jimmy about Lala is the moment Howard got killed. But it's the same thing. It's the same choice to keep this a secret to preserve the game and to preserve the stand. It's an incredible scene. Yeah, it, it is just... I mean, it's a wonder that she doesn't go away and commit suicide. Maybe she does. Yeah, I mean, know. I don't know. I mean, it, it is just that the devastation... Like, this is... Talk about a bad end. I know. Like it's it's as brutal as it could have been. Yeah. You know? Like I like I it, we knew that we knew her. we knew that she had to split up. They had to split up for him to become Saul. Like we yeah. knew that had to happen. I just yeah. I guess I didn't see that it was gonna be this Okay, and here's brutal. the thing. I mean, here's the thing what the writers know is that if Howard had just committed suicide because things were getting too bad for him. Then, then Kim, it would never have, Kim would never have blamed herself. Not this way, no. No, she never would have really blamed herself. No, 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 that was Howard's choice. He could have risen above this, blah, blah, blah. Look at all the stuff we got over. Are you telling me Howard couldn't get over this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she could, she could do that. The fact that her choice to not tell Jimmy about Lalo. About and, yeah, and continue that thing with Howard so that he came there to tell her. Yeah. I know what you guys did to me and I don't care. Yeah. I will survive this and I will make sure you go down. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and yeah. And that's not an, un, right. Uh, yeah. It's not a non possibility, but it's that Lalo shows up and kills him for no reason. Yep. It's not like Howard even knows who Lalo is. Nope. You know, and what's going on? And she just says, just get out. And Lalo turns around and shoots him in front of her. And she cannot. Live with the brutality that she has created. Yeah, there are the two things that she did so wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and, but it was right in front of her. So yeah, so she may. She She might have, I mean, I hope she hasn't killed herself. Uh, there's that there's that pivotal scene from last season where he's talking to Francesca and saying, you have to be there to get this call. Like, I'm going to make this call at this time and you have to be there, uh, even though I'm going into witness protection. 
like I will make a call on this date at this time. And I'm like, okay, it's possible that J that was Saul, Jimmy reaching out to Kate. Like, and that Francesca is going to be the middleman for her to, for him to communicate with Kim. Like, people are theorizing it, and that is possible. We don't know. But maybe. Maybe that's like, I, I, anyway, well, we'll see. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. So whatever it ends up to be, we can speculate. But I'm going. All right. And then, and then we get just the gorgeous four minutes of a day in the life of Saul Goodman. Like yes. from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. What is it like being Saul Goodman? Yep. Wakes up in bed with sex worker. Yep. Right, has this great has, big, huge house. Has is this giant house we saw in the season premiere. Is yep. from the minute he wakes up, he is making calls. Yep. And he is pulling scams. And it's like his whole life is his work. There is nothing in his life but his job. Yep. And we pivotally, and this is, I mean, we don't know what day this is set, but I think it is worth mentioning that what he is told when he gets on the phone with Francesca of like, what are my cases today? She tells him that there is a public masturbate. And he's like, another one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, what is it? And the reason that everyone tweaks to that moment is in the episode of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, season two, episode whatever, uh, Badger gets arrested and they hire Saul to defend him. And when yeah. Saul walks in, he says, Brandon Mayhew, uh, public masturbation. Yeah. And because he thinks he's like, oh, oh, no. And he's like, no, selling drugs. And he's, oh, that was the that was the other guy. Uh, all right. I had another one. And you're like, oh, so it's like, have we caught up with him? on the day he gets pulled into Walter's life. Yeah, I, su I suspect that that's what they're doing. I think, and, and here's, here's, here to me, right, was the way that they showed that you had done the time jump. Yeah. Is that when you see Jimmy in bed, you see his bald spot. I know, and the color. Like, I thought that was so, because never up to this point, have we seen Jimmy with, a serious ball spot yeah. and we were like nope this is five years later this has got to be he's yeah. yes this we, has got to be instantly way telling later. you this is five years later he is established he is Saul Goodman now. all all yeah. all pieces every piece of Jimmy McGill's life is gone right yeah the only, no one well, no, who I mean, knows that he was Jimmy McGill well and the thing is basically well the only remnant that we see of Jimmy McGill's life is he still got the bottle cap from the bottle of tequila of the thousand dollar tequila bottle that Kim kept as a souvenir from the time they spent the night conning that uh, scumbag investment banker. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the last remnant of his old life that we have seen any evidence of in the Saul Goodman house. Right. Yeah. Oh, and it is such a, such a beautiful scene, like the editing on this, the writing in this scene and just the performance of him just you see the completely different physicality he has as Saul yep. Goodman. Like he really is a completely different person. And ending it with his, you know, straight out of JFK, let justice be done though the heavens fall. <laughs> because he's a TV lawyer. Like he's what people <laughs> who've only ever he has turned himself into like what people who only know about lawyers is what they've seen in movies. Well, that's what you're getting when you hire Saul Goodman. Yep. So yeah, it's it's an incredible scene. It's an amazing performance. Like there's nothing that's not captivating about this part of the show. I was just I was blown away by this. And I cannot wait for these next this month's worth of episodes as we see where they're gonna go. Like, well, I guess I'm going to be watching them like Monday by Monday. I know, right? You're not going to wait this time. Well, yeah, I not thought, anymore. Like I kind of knew. The funny thing is, is that uh, Prime doesn't put up new episode. Like Netscape always tells you when there's a new episode. And if I hadn't Netflix, read it in Deadline that it started, you know, two yeah. weeks ago. Well, Prime weeks, doesn't send it. you out a notification saying, BTW, you subscribe to Prime. Or like you go to the front page of Prime and there's a giant banner saying it's the new episode of Better Call Saul. Like, you know, <laughs> the way your friggin' metrics work, you know, I've watched every episode of Better Call Saul multiple times. 
you think your computer could understand that I want to be told when there's a new episode, right? Yeah, you would think. Like, what are these computers for? Like, why are we giving up all of our data privacy if the computer can't even tell me when there's a new episode of Better Call Saul? <laughs> I know. That's because the funny thing is I, I saw it on Deadline. Yeah. So I knew when it was starting and then there was nothing on Prime. But yeah. I'm going, okay, well, has it really started yet? And then you called and said, well, I just, have you seen the two new episodes yet? And I'm going, well, because I've been so, this my life has been so screwy the last few weeks. I just had no uh, idea. That's my point. Yeah. yeah they they got to get better at this is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. At least at that one. Uh, and, at, that uh, one yeah. at that one, they really do. Oh my God. Yes. And now we have to get, I wish we could, you can't, you can't rent Paramount on, um, it's on Prime. Of, no, it's not part of the Prime package. So, we're going to have to get Paramount separately when we want to watch Criminal Minds. It sucks, but that's just the way it is. Well, it's not just Criminal Minds. I want to watch the uh, documentary on American Pie. Oh, the Don McLean documentary. Yeah. 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 yeah that's going to be good. Given, given that he went, like, and I'm sure this will not come up. But? Right. But given that he went to, uh, um, you know, the, Nat, the Rifleman, the yeah. NRA. Yeah, of course. He was performing at the NRA and he did not, Ooh. he still performed when Uvalde. Unlike people like Larry Gatlin. Who stopped. Who, just, who, who kept in his CNN interview going, yeah, but you know, I don't think you're going to like what I have to say. I'm a card carrying member and it had nothing to do with my, my belief about every American's right to own guns and stuff. And oh, I know. But he just, you know, but it, but Everyone, he still, but even he had some base, baseline sense of decency. No, he said no. He said this is not the right time. It's they should have called yeah. this off. Yeah. And he said, and he said no. He, and she asked him, well, what did they say at the? She says, oh, he said, oh, he said my publicist and everybody took care of that. He well, said no. my manager took yeah. care of that. Well, no, and what bothers me is right. No. What they said about Columbine and what they said about this thing is because they were publicly like because they're a public charity. They are legally required to have open voting sessions on certain things, right? And so they had to have, like, by statute, by their, like, the the contract that defines what the NRA is, oh, yeah. they have to have it at certain part, at certain times. And the thing is, that's true, but maybe cancel the effing party? Yeah, that's have exactly the meeting, Cancel the speeches, cancel the party, let people vote on whatever they got to vote on, and then send people home out of respect. But no. They have to. Sh they have to publicly show disrespect because they're terrible people. Yeah, and except for Larry Gatlin, except for Larry Gatlin, <laughs> and a couple of there were a bunch of other people who were no shows as yeah. well. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, I would freaking. No, but Don so. McQueen didn't. And I'm going. So, did you need money? Maybe. That Even American Pie mo uh, money only goes so far. Well, yes, but now after this documentary, I'm sure it's going to go further. Yeah, no, you're absolutely again absolutely. because then people are going to um, all right watch it. But anyway, and right. yes, Paramount. Oh yeah, Paramount. of course. Okay, uh, so we need Paramount to watch that and to get uh, Criminal Minds in a couple of months. Yeah, can you believe? Like, we are only. I mean, think like wrap your head around the fact that we are only four months away from getting to watch new episodes of Criminal Minds. You know, it's been two full years. By yeah. the time we watch, you know, it's going to have been, by the time they start airing, it's going to be over two full years since we had uh, new Criminal episodes Minds. of Criminal Minds. So it's pretty exciting that we're going to get new Criminal Minds. Yeah, I know. Even even I'm getting excited, wondering wondering whether or not we will still have to rip the thing to shreds. Uh, I hope not. I hope they, uh, I hope it's the perfect version of Criminal Minds we've always wanted. And if it isn't, well... <laughs> We will give our honest opinions on the subject because that is all we have ever done. All we have ever done is give our honest opinions oh, about the state of criminal minds. Yes. Okay. And another thing we have to do is there's a whole bunch of user comments that I do not know how to respond to. Okay. Well, and, you know uh, I think a, we'll do a show. Off, yeah. Oh, you want to do a show responding to it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next week, uh, this week is obviously talking about it called Saul. Next week, Wire in the Blood. And either the week after that or maybe a Sunday show. Uh, user comments apparently yeah. is what we're doing so that should be fun yeah. all right okay. uh, so we're going to do that but for now if you have any questions if you have any comments if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out drop us line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you 
If uh, you've been listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review it because that's how new people find the show. And of course, as always, I want to thank you for listening and say until next time, au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network. 